Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It is a football Friday. Hey, everybody. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. We are Rick and Tom. This is the Rick and Tom podcast, along with our producer, Steve Verstick. Big weekend of football. Colleges. We'll get into all that in a minute. By the end of the weekend, we should have a Final Four. We will have a Final Four for the college football playoff. We won't find out till Tuesday, but we'll have a good idea come Saturday night. And also come Sunday night, we'll have a good idea where the Bucks are headed this year. Let's get into that game first, Rick. Tampa Bay Bucks, Green Bay Packers. First off, though, let's talk about Jameis Winston because he spoke for the first time really since going down with the injury. And we'll get to the shoulder and all that, blah, 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 in just a minute. The real important stuff, though, is what he had to say about the NCAA invest or the NCAA, the NFL investigation. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. He uh, he talked about the NCAA investigation. Oh, he mentioned them both. Yeah. <laughs> he mentioned everything. You were there at One Buck Place on Thursday as he talked about this. So, what's the latest from Jameis? Well, look, not a lot of insight, only because he stood behind the... Well, I'm just going to respect the process, uh, most importantly. Uh, and that's all I can do. Referred to the statement that he made you know, prior to this about the allegation with the Uber driver. He did say, and I asked him, I said, you know, the personal conduct penalty being what it is, it doesn't take a conviction. It doesn't take, uh, you know, uh, due process, so to speak. But are, do you have any fear of a possible suspension um, heading into next season? He said... I have no fear at all. You know, but like I said, I, I have to respect that process. But like so I said, let I, me I ask you that real process. quick. When you saw that, Rick, when you when you saw him and he looked you right in the eye and said, I have no fear at all. Was that a guy who truly believes that he's going to be vindicated in this particular case and he does not have any fear? Or is that a guy just trying to wishful thinking, whistle past the graveyard type of stuff? Hard to say. I mean, I think he does believe it. Um, you, you know, he he speaks with with a lot of conviction, as he did. You know, and my question to him was, you know, you've you've now since 2012 basically have had two such allegations with Ronald Darby uh, in tow, and uh, why why do you suppose this keeps happening? And um, you know, he addressed the one. He said, you know, I put my statement out there about this allegation. And he said that I've been vindicated. It was his words. Several yeah. times on the past situation. So, you know, my statements on those accusations stand firm, too. Well, the reality is the word vindication is subjective. I, I don't know that people would say that he was vindicated. He reached a civil sell, suit uh, settlement with uh, Eric Kinsman. And it is true that U.S. attorney or district attorney, um, you know, up there uh, in Tallahassee, as well as a, a Title IX a federal investigation, neither one uh, imposed any discipline whatsoever. So, if that's vindication, uh, Lovey Smith, when he drafted him, used the word exoneration, which is even stronger. Um, but certainly, there was there was some consequence to uh, to those actions. Yeah, and he's and there was a civil case, which he ended up settling. That's correct. And and he could argue well. You could argue whatever you want. Anybody can use the word vindication. I don't, I'm sure a lot of people heard that word, and maybe technically that is the true word in this case. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of also people looked at that word and said. What's your definition of vindication? Um, right. We, we don't know. Here's what I'll say, Rick, and I don't want to get into a big discussion about all, all this stuff because we don't know. I don't know. I was not in, in that Uber that night. I don't know what happened. I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he didn't do it. Um, 
What I do know is this. Of all these cases that have come out that we've heard about in recent weeks involving the gamut of some sort of assault, whether it's Harvey Weinstein or the recently Matt Lauer or Charlie Rose or Garrison Keillor or Kevin Spacey and on and on and on, all these things you're hearing. You know what the odd thing, and Al Franken, you know what the odd thing about it is, is that nobody is denying that they did what they did. It was, oh, I acted poorly. I apologize. Other than Judge Roy Moore. Other than Judge Roy Moore, <laughs> who nobody believes. I guess I, I guess my point of all, the, of all this, Rick, and I'm not saying it never happens, yeah. but these women that have come forward in all these cases I just mentioned, they they seem to be vindicated. They No one's saying it didn't happen. They're not lying well. about this. So I'm not saying that this woman is telling the truth or not telling the truth in the Jameis case. I'm just saying that it seems like everything that has come out, most people agree, like, yeah, something happened in those cases. You know? Yeah, um, and there's been others that have denied it. I mean, there's a guy in the White House right now, and Donald Trump, that's had accusers, and he's denied it. So, sure. Um, what what he said was, I've been vindicated several times on the recent on a past situation. Uh, so, you know, my statements in that on those accusations stand firm too. You know, uh, as always, it's always a, a growing process and everything. And uh, I'm gonna continue to grow. And, and this is this is the part that I wrestle with. I'm not. I probably should have pressed him on it because I'm not sure what he means. But he says, you know, it's always a growing process. Everything, in everything, and I'm and I'm going to continue to grow. I, I'm just trying to in my in my mind say, you know, and the the reason for my question was, how is it that you find yourself in this in this position where someone's accusing you? Um, and you happen your your witness is 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 Ronald Darby um, of doing something inappropriate to a female not once but now twice and and I think that's something that Jameis has to really think about um, whether he doesn't want to put himself in a situation where potentially he's alone or right. with a female that he doesn't know um, I don't know but uh, you know perhaps perhaps that's what he means I, I didn't really press him on it I just know this and I'll continue to say this that. Um, you know, the process is not going to help him, and it's not going to help the Bucks. And what I mean by that is he, he may be, a quote-unquote, vindicated by this, I suppose. Um, but as I keep reading the personal conduct policy, and I think about how he came to the league, and you're right, he had a civil settlement, right? There's been other players that have had civil settlements, and I don't think those are, I don't think those are plus marks. I think those are probably put in the negative column, perhaps, um, and, you know, to have someone accuse you again, you know, if it's insurmountable evidence that, that, that this person is not truthful and that he, he can, he can somehow without any doubt prove that great. Um, but it says very specifically, you do not have to be charged with a crime. Right. Um, you merely have to, um, have conduct, conduct detrimental to the league, uh, or put people in danger potentially. Um, there's a big, broad area, and, and I think about the liability that the league faces with some of the other cases that they've had and, and, and the, the sort of the punish, the, the feed blowback that they've gotten with the Ray Rices and so on, and what's happened recently with Ezekiel Elliott and Tom Brady. Um, I just find it, I mean, it's possible, but uh, and again, I don't have all the evidence, but I just find it more likely than not that the league may 
have some sanction against Jameis Winston at some point. I agree with everything you just said, but I could hear people who are listening probably screaming uh, at their devices as we were Absolutely. saying this. Absolutely. And, and, and so we should probably offer the other side, which is he may have settled the, the civil case just to get it out from under him. You know, oh, to for say, sure. Look, I, I have the money, I can pay it, and it can just be over with it. But I do. I, I, I but I wonder how the league views that. Oh, yeah, no, in absolutely. Other in other words, and, 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 and as an isolated incident, Tom, I think they would say, hey, he said, she said, we real know. We didn't, they didn't stop him from coming to the league. They didn't suspend him on his way in. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, in that case, they'd have to give him the benefit of the doubt, as I, as I think the Bucks and their fans and everybody else did. But if you take it in conjunction with another accusation, does that somehow make the first, the first situation look different to you? I don't know that. And I'm not saying that Jameis is being you know, dishonest or not truthful. I don't know. Right. Um, but what my, what my point to all of this is that it would seem that the climate we live in today um, would indicate that, you know, the NFL is going to really come down on the side of, of caution here. Um, because I know what they don't want uh, is to do nothing. Again, if he's exo- if, if there's evidence that that completely you know makes his story wash and and, and right a video is, of is him wrong. getting out of yeah. a car in the back short of that short of yeah. that, but if it comes down to just who do you believe, yeah. um, you know what I'm wondering is it, it, what would how would the NFL feel then if they said no nothing to see here and then and then there was another case or another right. case and and so that's that's more where I'm coming from. No, and, and I agree with you 100. percent I think when he goes into the meeting, whenever that meeting is, and there will be a meeting. Uh, and people are going to ask questions, and and you're going to whoever's making the decision on this, and we know you know who is going to be making the decision. They're going to say, okay, so the woman in this case, you're saying she's lying, and there was another woman, you're saying she's lying, and this happened, and you know, I think I think those things start to pile up where it's hard to believe, you know. So wait a minute, let me get this right. You're the only one in all these cases telling the truth. Everybody else is lying. That's uh, that's how it's going to be portrayed, and I agree. The the NFL's biggest nightmare is they do nothing, and then more something else happens. Um, let's get back to on the field, Rick. As far as Jameis Winston and his shoulder, uh, I assume he talked about that on Thursday in terms of how he feels and and whether or not he's prepared to go out there on Sunday. So, sort of, where, where's he at physically to play on Sunday? Well, I mean, he says he's, he feels good, um, and you know, it's the James Brown, and he knew that he would. Uh, I, I just, I don't know, you know, uh, relative to what, relative to the start of the season, relative to the last time he played in New Orleans, but you know, he's, uh, he's exuberant. He's excited about playing. Um, he thinks it's important for them, you know, for him to play it, it, That's you know, we, we talked about and debated the whole, you know, do you understand fans that say you shouldn't play and, and, you know, the greater good and all that, um, he doesn't. He doesn't buy into that. I mean, he he wants to be out there with his guys. He thinks it's important that they win. That he that that you know, um, they they win as many games as they can, and they you know take them one game at a time. I mean, that's sort of the cocoon that they're in over here right now. But um, he he seems you know. I think timing has been an issue. You know, yesterday we'll talk to Dirk Cutter, and uh, in his first practice we'll talk to Dirk Cutter and find out what his second practice looks like. But overall, um, I. I think he's he's chomping at the bit and and uh, you know talked about how it was difficult being away. Difficult being away, and I think it's going to be. Uh, I think you're going to notice some rustiness. I think come out on Sunday. I'd feel mm-hmm. better about this Bucks game, Rick, if I had hadn't watched Green Bay play pretty well against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. 
Packers looked like they were sort of swirling the drain. And and then it came up, and Pittsburgh doesn't have a great defense, but it's not a horrible defense. And Hundley was able to get some things going with that offense and put up 28 points against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, not an easy place to play, and they played the Steelers tough. And all of a sudden, that gives me reason to pause now. I thought the Bucks might have had a chance, and of their five remaining games, I think this still feels like the most winnable game of the five. But uh, I'm going to go with the Packers in this one. Close. I think I think the uh, I, I think last week scared me off of maybe Green Bay not being as as good as maybe they are. The, also, I'm taking Green Bay to win this game. You know, um, and I I understand that, and and the Bucks uh, traditionally do not win um, at Green Bay, um, and and for that reason, I think I haven't made my picks official yet, but I, but I do think that I'm going to take Green Bay as well. I think it's going to be a closer a close game. Um, I don't buy into the you know uh, situation where they you know, okay you know Brett Hundley played well against the Steelers and Steelers are better than the Bucks therefore he'll kill the Bucks. I think every matchup is different. I think every week is different, but them being at home should help him and should help you know should help the Packers. I think they get uh, Matthews back if I'm not mistaken. So right. it's a tough place to play. It's not going to be you know the, the the things that are in the Bucks' favor is one Winston is back. He may be rusty, but nonetheless. You have your starting quarterback. They do not. They do not have Aaron Rodgers. This would have been a much more difficult game if Aaron Rodgers were playing. He is not. Um, it's not going to be the frozen tundra. Uh, it's going to be 45, 42 degrees, whatever, at kickoff, which is really very good football weather. So that's not a factor. Um, and, and so there's a lot of things that you know have, have sort of swayed towards the Bucks since the start of the season. But um, they don't have two of their starting offensive linemen. They've been playing horribly on defense. Uh, and I think Jameis might might be you know rusty early. Uh, I give him a chance, but I don't think they win the game. I pick Green Bay as well. So we'll both go with the Packers on that, and we'll be recording our podcast Sunday night from Legendary Lambeau Field. So be sure to listen to that first thing Monday morning. Let's hit the college games, Rick, because this is a big weekend, a final weekend in college football as all the conference championship games are played, and that'll be essentially determine determine who gets into the college football playoff. What's interesting is. We could have the top four teams in there right now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. May not be the top four teams by the end of the weekend. Nobody's a lock to get into this thing. Let's start off with the game that I think you and I are most interested in because we're, and I think the sort of the game that holds the key to everything. We're going to be in Wisconsin for the Wisconsin-Ohio State game. Wisconsin wins, they're in. There's there's no doubt about that. They lose, Rick, then things get really spicy and interesting, and all of a sudden there's an argument about Ohio State, there's an argument about Alabama, argument about Southern Cal and whoever else you want to throw in there. Uh, I don't think, though, that the committee's going to have to worry about it. The committee's going to get bailed out because the Badgers are going to beat Ohio State. My man, happy yes. to hear that. Hope I'm you're Noster Thomas on this one, man. <laughs> um, look, this is not a great Ohio State team. Um, you know, JT Barrett is probable. He hurt his knee, you know, when he hit the cameraman last week at Michigan or whatever. Um, I'll say this about Wisconsin's defense is very, very good. They've, they've given up 
17 points, I think, once this year. And I think that was to Northwestern, but they wound up, you know, winning uh, 33 to 20 something, I think. And, you know, uh, they have, I mean, it's a freshman running back, but the guys run for 1,800 yards and Jonathan Taylor. That will keep Ohio State's offense. The key is going to be to me, um, how well does, does uh, Wisconsin's quarterback play? I mean, Alex Hornibrook um, is a high percentage completion guy, but if he doesn't get the ball down the field and, and, and um, make some plays, that Ohio State defense will, will load up on the run like every team tries to do, and it'll be a, it'll be a tough game. But I think it's going to be very close. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game by any means. And uh, I like Wisconsin, but just maybe by a field goal. I'm right alongside with you on that one. We'll get into the specifics of the other games in just a minute. But let's say that we assume – let's just assume that the Mm -hmm. winner of the Auburn-Georgia game is in and the winner of Miami-Wisconsin is in and the winner of Oklahoma-TCU is in. Okay, if Ohio State – no, not the winner of Oklahoma-TCU. Let's say Oklahoma-TCU probably would not get in. Let's say Oklahoma wins. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma wins. So you have Oklahoma, then you got the ACC winner and the SEC winner all make okay. the playoff. Okay. And now let's say Ohio State beats Wisconsin. What right. does Ohio State have to do or can they do anything to get into the playoff? Would they have to just would they have to just bomb Wisconsin? Would they have to beat them like 59 nothing like they did a few years ago to get um, in? Or does any win get them in? Or no win gets them in? I I don't, you know, I don't know how they get past Alabama on that argument. Um because it seems to me like you're Penn State at that point from last year. You know, right. uh, Alabama, maybe not the greatest, uh, uh, you know, non-conference schedule as it turned out because of Florida State being down, not their fault. When they played them, they had all their horses uh, for most of the game. But I, I still think that there's a lot of sentiment towards Alabama um, being a team that could the, – being the team that, to me, Tom, they're more likely with one loss – to Auburn, especially if Auburn wins, yes. uh, to you know having having taken down everybody else to to get back into the playoff picture. Although there's never in the, in the few years they've had this, there's never been two teams from the same conference. Right. So that would be a first. But that's that's sort of what I see. Well, you could also make the argument too that uh, Ohio State is last year's Penn State, and Alabama would be this year's Ohio State because that's right. they that's would right. have they would have they wouldn't win their conference but right. they were the, probably the best team in that conference and the one loss they had wasn't a wasn't an awful loss like you said it was to auburn the thing that i think the committee will have a hard time getting around is that ohio state they lost twice and they lost badly both times to good football teams don't get me wrong uh, ohio state lost to iowa which isn't a bad team mm. they got killed they got slacked yeah yeah and then the oklahoma game wasn't close and that game was at home so i don't I think that's the part where Ohio State's going to have a hard time convincing people they deserve to be in it. Then I go back to this too, Rick. If Alabama were to play any team on any neutral site in the country, they would be favored against everybody with maybe the exception of Auburn, and maybe somebody would make a case for Clemson, could beat them. But uh, I would still take Alabama over everybody with the exception of Auburn. The other games, Rick, Auburn, Georgia, Miami, Clemson, Oklahoma, TCU, I'm telling none of the three are going to be close. They're all going to be blowouts. But the closest one will be Auburn, Georgia. Georgia fights a little harder this time. It's in Atlanta, so might be, they might get a little juice from that. But Auburn clearly was a better team the last time they played, and I think they'll be a better team this time. Yeah, and I think you know when you beat the number one team in the country twice in three weeks, you got a lot of momentum. And um, I would agree with you. I think I think it'll be a closer game than their first one. Um, but I think Auburn Auburn has the whole package, right? I mean, to me, they play you know great defense. They they'll handle the run well enough. 
I don't know that Georgia can make enough plays in the passing game, and and, um, and I think Auburn can 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 throw it or run it, and um, for that reason, yeah, I it, it'll be a closer game, but I I still expect Auburn. I'm looking at the Miami Clemson game, Rick, and I'm telling you right now, Miami's a fraud. I don't. I'm still not buying them. <laughs> I know they beat Notre Dame. I know they beat Virginia Tech. They were all wrought up for those games. They lost to Pitt. They should have lost to Florida State. They should have lost to Virginia. They should have lost to North Carolina. I don't know how this team goes in with only one loss. They probably should have lost like four times because they beat all those teams. Well, they beat all those teams. But I guess at the end of the day, it's like, what do we count? What 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 counts your scoreboard, right? But. If they had lost to Florida State, I'll say this. If they had lost to Florida State like they should have, their season would have gone downhill because that's what Miami does. They're not back-back. They're they're getting back, but they're not back-back yet. I think Clemson takes it to them badly. I think this game's not even close. This game goes like 45-14. to 14. Clemson wins big. Well, what's hurt? What's going to help Miami is that they lead the nation uh, in uh, turnover margin. What's going to hurt them is that Clemson doesn't turn the ball over much. So <laughs> if, if if Kelly Bryant, you know, does a nice job, I mean, I think he had, I think he just had his first pick, hundred and something uh, throws, but the other day uh, against South Carolina, if they protect the football, Miami has no chance. Miami's not going to drive the ball, you know, and. Mark Rick probably didn't help his quarterback's confidence by pulling him in a key part of the game for one series uh, against Pitt. So, but I imagine that that game got their got their attention, losing to Pitt. So they probably had a great practice. And I don't know that I don't know that it, you know when Miami's played big competition, they they played pretty well. I mean, you can say they should have lost to Florida State or this, but the fact the fact of the matter is they got pretty up in the bit with Notre Dame. This is another big game, so I think it'll be closer, but I like Clemson in this one as well. The one team that could really screw everything up is TCU. If they can somehow pull off an upset against Oklahoma, then everything turns into a mess because now you start making noise about, well, maybe the loser of the Miami-Clemson game still gets in if it's a close game. Or maybe if Georgia beats Auburn and TCU wins, maybe Auburn still sneaks in there even with a loss in the in the SEC title game. Uh, I don't see it happening. Oklahoma wins that game, but TCU could – make things really interesting on everybody. Oklahoma, though, wins this game. Yeah, I just think Oklahoma has too much. And, uh, you know, that I don't know what they would do. with T- I mean, I guess TCU would not have an argument, or would they? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I don't think they would. So, um, like Oklahoma, I think their quarterback's going to win the Heisman, potentially. And he's a big game. Baker Mayfield's a big, big game player. I think he has a huge game in this game. And I think they run it. I think they throw it. And I think they, I think they beat him big. I think so too. But the funny thing is that Big Twelve. It's such a goofy league. I mean, if TCU comes out and hits a bunch of three pointers early. That game, you know, that's what it feels like. It feels like a basketball game with these teams. It's going to be. It's going to be forty something to thirty something. I think. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Of all the teams out there now, though, Rick, Auburn, Georgia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Miami, Clemson, Oklahoma, um, Alabama, USC, whoever else you want to throw in there, right now. And we'll, we'll do this a bunch more, I'm sure, before the, the national championship game. Yeah. Right now, if you had to pick a national champion right now out of, out of all the teams in the country, who wins the national championship? I think i pick Auburn. Wow, yeah, me too. I thought you were going to go Clemson. No, I mean, I thought, well. about Cle- I thought about Clemson, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, Clemson has the pedigree. They lost a lot of players, and yet they're going to find themselves back in the national tournament. But um, – 
inexperienced quarterback. You know, this is not Deshaun Watson. Um, and I guess, you you know, the kid from Auburn, I mean, you know, he's played before. He, he had to sit out, but he's playing really, really well. I, I just think that – I don't think – I don't think the ACC this year, with Florida State down, NC State had its moments. Miami, you know, certainly had a great year record-wise, but I don't think it's still uh, as strong as as what you know the resume that Auburn has. And for that reason, I mean, you know, I I kind of like I kind of like the vibe and sort of the, you know, to me, it, this gets when you get into the playoffs like this, it, it becomes a little like the NFL playoffs. It's not so much who's the best team all year. It's about who's playing the best right now. And I think that team is Auburn. What I really like about Auburn is those games against Georgia and Alabama, not only did they win back-to-back games against the number one team in the country, I don't know if it was back-to-back, but the last few weeks, um, neither game was close. They dominated no. both of those games. Even That's Alabama, right. they were sort of kind of maybe in it for a while, but there was you never had the feeling – at any point late in that game that Auburn was going to they lose. weren't in control, right? Right. right. They, they were in total control both games, yeah. That's correct. And uh, their defense does that for you. Uh, ready for my upset of the weekend? UCF okay. goes down. I, can't, I keep doing it every week, right? UCF goes down. Memphis to finds Memphis. a way to Memphis. And here's why. UCF, what an emotional it. win last week right. against. Right. And they, thought, they think it's over now. They think, okay, we cleared that. Now we just have to beat a team that we've already beaten. That doesn't happen. I think Memphis catches them because I think they have a big emotional letdown uh, this Saturday, even though that game's in Orlando. Yeah, you said you said the last thing you said is uh, why they're going to win. Um, it's in Orlando. It's in Orlando. To me, that's what pushes it over the top. You know, Florida or South Florida played as well as they could and still walked out of there with a loss. That that was a nice atmosphere. You were there. And it, was. Um, it, was it is it was terrific. You know, you you do wonder, like, okay, you know, Scott Frost, his future, um, the perfect season is another bit of, of pressure. I think when you get that far, that you not only do you want to finish the deal, but you got to have a chance to go undefeated, and no one does that in college football anymore. It's very hard to do. Sure. So all those things, you know, are probably in Memphis side. But the reason why they are have they do have that chance is they have a great football team, and they're playing at home. So I think they finish the deal. And then I think Scott Frost takes the job at Nebraska. UCF fans will argue, Rick, undefeated. There's no great teams in the country this year. Auburn, say Auburn loses. That'd be their third loss. Wisconsin loses. They haven't played anybody. They lose to Ohio State. You want to entertain any idea that Central Florida deserves at least a look at a national champion? Or is this an argument, even more of an argument, for let's expand this thing to eight eight teams or 12 teams to get a team like UCF in the mix because they've run the table, they've gone undefeated, even if it's in a, uh, a so-so conference? Yeah, I, that's I, that's exactly what I would like to see. Um, and it, it's probably going to happen because television money will dictate it. But, um, I mean, look, uh, Mackenzie Milton is one of the most exciting players in the country. Um, that offense is one of the best in the nation. And I don't think they just get shut down because they play a Power 5 conference. I think it's a really, really good football team. I think they're really well coached. And I think they would hold their own. Um, but we're not going to see it, and that's a shame. You know, I'd love to see Power 5 champions plus one. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and if you did that, a team like UCF would be in there. doesn't guarantee the AAC gets a team in there every year, but Power 5 plus one. Go to six teams, 
And, and then, then there is at least a Cinderella chance. You know, right now, I think that's what's great about the NCAA basketball tournament, although there's way more parity. I get it sure, no, in I college get that, basketball. Yeah. But um, I, I think it would be nice to have, you know, that, that the little guy, uh, and when I say little guy, they're all Division One. but, the, you know. No, I get it, yeah. From a non-Power 5 conference going up and just and, and getting a chance to measure themselves. Power 5 plus 1. You know what? You and I did radio for a long time. And we've done this podcast for a while. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. I oh, wow. I actually like that idea. And somewhere there's a compliment in there. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> He's Rick Stroud. I'm Tom Jones. You can find us on Twitter at NFL Stroud, at Tom W. Jones. You can find a podcast on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast. Thanks to our uh, producer, as always, Steve Verstick. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Next time we talk to you, it'll be from the legendary Lambeau Field in Green Bay. That'll be Sunday night. We'll record the podcast following the Bucks packers game. We'll talk to you then, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.